The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. In the meantime, we're going to talk about the referendums upcoming, not the nature of the debate and the discussion and what is going to be decided by the people, but who should be deciding it. So they're happening in just over two weeks time on the 8th of March. And of course, like with all elections and referendums and votes in this country, they would be confined to people uh, in this country. Uh, But should that be the case? Should people abroad, Irish citizens overseas in other jurisdictions be allowed to vote in referendums, in presidential elections, in general elections. With me to discuss, Emma D'Souza, who's a spokesperson and vice chair of VotingRights.ie and Keith Mills, the political commentator. Uh, You're both very, very welcome, folks, and thanks a million uh, for taking the time. Um, Emma, can I start with you? Do you think Irish citizens in other jurisdictions should be allowed to vote here? Evening, Karen. Well, I think it's important to to frame this around recognising that enfranchising citizens abroad is a global democratic norm. 125 territories and states provide some degree of voting rights to their citizens outside of the state. And Ireland actually has one of the strictest electoral systems in terms of EU level is the only EU member state to deny any form of overseas voting, be that presidential parliamentary or European. And I mean, the um, UK government recently moved to actually um, increase representation and rights for their citizens resident outside the UK by removing a previous time limit. There was previously a limit of 15 years for residents outside the state, and now that has been completely removed. So I don't think the current Conservative government in the UK is particularly progressive, but even they are actually moving to make it easier and more accessible for citizens abroad to vote. And that's at a parliamentary level. So I think it's important to recognise this is actually a global democratic norm. Ireland is an outlier here. It's not controversial. The Mm. sky hasn't been. And really, it's time we had a very considered debate that is rooted in in facts and um, rooted in trying to have a, a meaningful conversation about what that means. Well, listen, that is our aim, to have a meaningful conversation about this. So before I go to Keith and to get his views, I mean, would you, Emma, propose any restrictions or limitations on on who might be allowed to vote, what citizens overseas? Well, I think it's um, a good point here to make is that the diaspora and eligible Irish citizens are two very different things. Obviously, Ireland has a very large diaspora given the fact that we have a history of forced migration, whether that's people that had to immigrate to try and find better jobs or an affordable home or for more, or for more opportunities, whether it's those of us in the north who were who were um, uh, impacted by partition. Um, so with that in mind, um, we have a very large diaspora. That's not the same thing as eligible Irish citizens who would actually be able to vote. Um, so I think that if we put it into that context, the other part of this is also that there's been a big debate around presidential voting rights. That has been primarily where we've been trying to get in starting point for enfranchising citizens. Okay. And that goes back actually to the 1990s. More recently, the 2013 convention um, on the Citizen Convention recommended it. So the 2018 Citizen Assembly recommended it. So there's an appetite there for looking at it from a presidential level. In terms of beyond that, certainly there is a case for potentially looking at the Shannon for an overseas panel. Okay. Uh, that there's there's arguments being made on both sides, and there's lots of examples globally as to whether you want to adopt a time limit, what kind of restrictions you want to put in place. Yeah, lots of countries have done it, and we can learn from that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you made the distinction between the diaspora and the citizens abroad. I do remember Michael D. Higgins giving a certificate of Irish heritage to Tom Cruise 
way back in the depths of the recession when we were at that sort of thing. It was awful cringy. And I don't like the idea of Tom Cruise voting in the next presidential election here. Uh, Keith Mills is with us, the political commentator. Keith, you would have reservations about this happening. Is that fair? Yes. Good evening, Kieran. I, I have quite strong reservations on it. First of all, um, good evening to, to Emma as well. And there's two points that I would agree with her. Um, the, it is important to draw a distinction between our overall diaspora, which comes into hundreds of millions at this stage, and um, the people who would be entitled to vote, which are Irish passport holders and Irish citizens. There is a difference there. But even if you consider that difference, we are an outlier for a reason. And the reason we are an outlier is the percentage of passports and citizenship that we give um, as as proportion to the number of people living in the country. Three out of every 10 passports issued by the passport office goes outside of the state. That is unprecedented for any EU country. And it's um, that is why um, we are an, uh, such an outlier on, on other things. And um, we need we need to think about that because giving those passport holders, forget about people in the diaspora, just the passport holders mm. would be a 40% increase in the electorate, which is a stunning percentage of an increase in the electorate. And, and in that sense, it would be completely, it would distort um, the electorate. And another thing, I to would, a much greater degree than other countries th- who do allow this, yeah, that's I mean, the argument. Yes, exactly. Okay. Take for example Brazil. I think people were talking about Brazil last year. I'm seeing people queuing up outside Crow Park to vote. Yes, I and, that. and that's because uh, Brazil has compulsory voting. So even if you're abroad, you must vote um, as a citizenship duty. But at that, the, the, in, with all the the, the, the Brazilian diaspora and passport holders, only two percent of their uh, citizenships and passport holders are living outside the state. So they can take that. It's a two percent. Mm. But for us, it, um, three out of ten passport holders are living outside the state. And I'll just mention then two issues that um, we're talking about here um, in current terms. First of all, the referendums, and secondly, the point that Emma made regarding the presidency. First of all, I'll start with the presidency. Yeah. The presidency, it, it, the, I think a lot of people have, have a vision, or some people outside the state particularly have a vision of the president being some kind of Colleen Falcher, kind of a meter and greeter that meets um, foreign heads of states and represents the country abroad. The, the role of the president is far more substantial than that. They're the head of the armed forces, uh, the defence forces um, and they're also the overseer and the protector of the constitution for all legislation that passes. So this is not something that you want people um, outside the state having a large say in. And and let's remember the last two general elections where we had Sean Gallagher in 2011 and Peter Casey in Mm -hmm. 2016. How familiar would those people be to people living outside the state? And yet they did spectacularly well. Okay, so you've started to touch on it there because before I go back to Emma, I, I just want to put that point to you. I mean, even if you accept and people accept the maths um, and I don't know how people can dispute maths, but anyway, they'll try. Um, uh, that that it, it, it's a, a much bigger proportion of our electorate would be abroad compared to other countries. Um, what harm, some might say? Because you know, they're still Irish citizens and they should have a say in the future of their country. I think to, to cast a valid vote, you need to be well informed. It isn't just, um, a, you're not buying a pig in a poke. You need to know the issues. And I'm, I refer to the referendum. The two referendums that are going on at the moment are quite complex. Even you have this argument over the what's the definition of a durable relationship and whether the constitution says a woman's place is in the home or not. If you're living, in, and 
and people here in Ireland are finding it very difficult to grasp and there's a lot of unknown uh, people who can't decide because mm. it's so confusing. Now imagine people who are living in Australia or the United States we have a lot of passport holders in the United States and in the UK who are not getting the debate who are not being up, um, informed and you're asking them to, to, to vote in a referendum. I, I just think that they would cause such a distortion to yeah. the vote that, it, that the people living in the country would feel disenfranchised. Um, well, what's the argument in, in favour of, of extending a franchise to those people, given that the, the, the number of them and the argument Keith makes about their, uh, their proximity to the issues? Well, if I can pick up on that point, uh, Kieran, about the idea of people outside the state perhaps not being well informed about Irish issues. I mean, I'm resident in Northern Ireland, and I'd like to think I am relatively well informed as to what is happening across the border. Um, And I think that there'll be plenty of people perhaps listening into this conversation who are resident outside the 26 counties who would find the argument that because they don't live in the 26 counties, they are somehow out of touch or uninformed or unable to grasp political debates and conversations in Ireland to be quite offensive. Um, But to the point around the one and three, the, the three and ten point also that Keith was making. Mm. How many of those three and ten are actually Irish passport holders in Northern Ireland? Because if you look at the statistics, the largest body of Irish passport holders who are resident outside the state are right across the border. And if you look at the passports that were issued, say if you take the 22, 2022 figures, which was quite large, a million passports were issued in 2022. They do some amount of work in that office. Um, but if you actually look at the data on that, 830,000 of those were issued to citizens in the mm. 26 counties. Um, in terms, if you, if you look at Northern Ireland, 110,000 of those were for Northern Ireland. And if you look at countries like America, we often see the US brought up in a lot of these conversations. But if you look at how many applications were made through the foreign birth register in the US, it was 6,000. So really, the yeah. actual numbers outside of the island of Ireland and outside of the UK, because after Northern Ireland, the next largest is in GB. Outside of that, the numbers of um, eligible Irish citizens actually across the world are quite small. So the idea of swapping is, is not really an argument that fits. And we also have to bear in mind to register from abroad, to go through the processes. People who actually do that are people who are engaged, who want to be part of something. And it's extraordinarily symbolic and meaningful mm. for people, particularly myself, who don't have any kind of say, who have no representation, who have no voice, who see the president as a symbolism of the Irish nation, to be able to have a say for people like myself is incredibly important. Keith, I mean, I started this conversation, or rather before we had this conversation, I was talking about the main political parties all to different degrees aspiring to unity. And that's part of the Shared Island Initiative and the €1 billion investment. I mean, if you're aspiring to unity, uh, there is an argument in favour of extending the franchise, certainly north of the border, isn't there? I don't believe there is, because how would you distinguish between somebody who is in, I don't know, Belfast, for example, and somebody who is in uh, Liverpool? And they're both citizens of, they're both living in the same country. They're both living in the United Kingdom. Um, They're both, they both have have Irish passports because of either residency or or their, um, because they have Irish ancestry. And you can say, well, you can vote, but you can't vote even though you're both citizens. I think that's wrong. And it's not just goes about the numbers and all the rest of it, which we all agree are quite spectacularly out of out of kilter with other countries. Um, it is also you're not impacted. You're not impacted in ele- the elections. The president. And what I was saying about the Irish nation. The president of uh, of this country 
is the President of the Republic of Ireland. They, they are only looking at legislation which passes through the Doyle. They are not the President of Northern Ireland. They are not the Head of State of Northern Ireland. Um, uh, you know, you, you may feel an affection for them the same that way that um, Irish people in America or whatever feel to the old sod. But in terms of their role as President and as Guardian of the Constitution, the Constitution that they are, guarant- that they are guarantors of and the citizens that they are protecting are those that are resident in the state. If you're, get, if you're getting the vote in this country, you should be impacted. And, you do, and you're, if you're not, you're, you're not impacted by our housing crisis or our health crisis or whatever. And So why should you have a vote on those things? And we could create a huge um, um, anomaly here and a huge unfairness where people, where we have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands probably, of people living in this country quite legally and work permits or EU citizens. And none of those will have votes, even though they are impacted by the housing crisis, the, the uh, not being able to get onto mm. a hospital bed or whatever. And they, you're, you're saying to those people, even though you live here, even though you work here, even though you pay taxes here, you don't get a vote. But you see that person in Liverpool or in Belfast... Vote. No, but well, that's a diff- that's a different debate. I mean, we can have that debate another. But, but I mean, at the moment, the proposal of the, the, what we're discussing today is Irish citizens abroad, and that would create a ridiculous anomaly. Keith Mills, who's a political commentator. Keith, thank you for coming into studio. Emma D'Souza, who's a spokesperson and vice chair of VotingRights.ie. Emma, thanks a million for taking the time as well to speak to us. The hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.